Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Brian J. Henderson. And I'm your co-host, Gregory Turner. Greg, how are you doing today? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, Brian. I'm, I'm really blessed. You know, tonight's going to be an exciting and very informative show. Yes, it is. You know, I mean, if, if you've been watching the news lately, you know, your eyes are going to be open tonight about, you know, our topic. It, it's one that's very close to a lot of people's hearts, you know, and it tugs at the very existence of, you know, a, a, a community, you know, in, in general, and a people collectively. You know, Greg, what, what do you think when you see things happen in the news and they seem like they're never favorable for a certain side? You know, do you did, does it give you the idea that maybe there's not fairness or equity, you know, among people? Well, what it does is it seems like um, it just seems to me that somebody's trying to kill somebody's dream. Somebody's trying to hold somebody back. That's what I get from it, and you can't really you can't do that if somebody is doing something and it's God ordained that. A particular task to take place There's nothing you could do To come against it And we see this all the time We see someone out there Doing great things For all communities Not just the black And not just the white They're doing something To touch every household But yet and still They're being dogged out Being talked about They're switching things around Trying to make this person look bad Or make that person look bad And it's not working All they're doing Is giving this person Free advertisement and free publicity. And everybody is coming together, pulling together and saying, you know what, we're not going to allow you to do this any longer. We have a voice now, and we're going to let it be heard. That's what I get from that, Brian. Yeah, yeah. You know, tonight's show, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. First of all, we're going to talk about the issue behind the genesis. We're going to talk about the issues with the Martin Lee Anderson case. And we're going to talk about the issues surrounding the controversy surrounding the Tyler Perry movie and the comments and you know questions that were made during an interview. So we got we got a couple of you know very diverse topics, different topics, but you know it's all seems like they they're getting the same type of result, where it's not being a favorable you know view towards well you know and I just put it out there towards African Americans. You know, it seems as if there's a double standard in every facet of, you know, of life and existence for African Americans. And so we want to talk about that, but we also want to get your views and what you think about it. So if you want to call in and, you know, ask a question or you have a comment, you know, or you have a suggestion or is there something maybe that's happening in your community that you want to discuss, our call-in number is 718-508-960. Zero zero. That's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. Greg, what do you want to discuss first? Let's talk about Tyler. Let's yeah. talk about Tyler, man. I, you know, Tyler sends out these emails, and these emails are so simple. But it's like, it's like I've been reading them for months now, and it's like I'm in the flow with him. It's like I'm living the dream with him. It's like he's bringing us into this to this dream, and it's like, man, this is, as you read it, you forget about any problem that you have, and you, you can't help but, but love him for the things that he's doing. And when you read his emails, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's a feeling of peace. Uh, you know that it's success. You know that it's God-ordained. So it's one of those things, man, where I just look forward to receiving emails from him. I look forward to seeing him on television and seeing his movies because his movies – they aren't the kind of movies that are just out there just crazy, that, that have no meaning to them. These movies are affecting lives. They're changing people's lives. But then you have some people, Brian, that's out there trying to uh, knock down what he's doing, but they can't. This is, what he's doing is just too powerful. And the whole thing that's backing what Tyler is doing is called love. Yeah. What can conquer that? 
What can what can conquer love? There's nothing that can conquer what he's doing. Right. So people are coming at him from every different angle, and you see what's happening. They're being knocked down. It's being knocked to the side. But now he's taking some hits, you know, in the flesh side of of him. I'm, I'm sure he gets tired. But it's people like us that's saying to him, we're encouraging you to do better, Tyler. Your, your movies are great. You're doing this. Continue, continue. And that's, I guarantee you that's what's given him a lot of strength and energy to continue doing what he's doing and take the hits that he's taking. Yes, yes. You know, and when you look at the movies that Tyler's putting out there, they're not just, you know, the typical, what people would call the typical African-American comedy, you know, laugh at each other, laugh at themselves type movies. These are some serious movies, and they deal with serious issues. Yes. You know, and so in talking about the interview, for someone to trivialize and, you know, and minimize the significance of his movie and, you know, almost characterize it as buffoonery, you know, it's just, it's, for one, it's sad. You know, for two, it's absolutely just wrong and it's asinine and it's just, it's something that's just, we can't tolerate that. No. No, we can't. We can't, you know. And, and 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 people, for some reason, I don't know. You know, people are going to be people, but this man is doing some some awesome, awesome things. I watched uh, Madea's family reunion today. I watched that, and that in that movie, the the most powerful tool that Tyler uh, had in this movie was forgiveness. People being able to forgive and to move forward. I think that you know that was such a powerful, powerful movie. All of his movies are powerful. All of them have, you know, this this one thing in there that every household can connect with. We all know someone that was raped at a young age. We all know that. We all know someone that was mistreated, that they feel like they can't do something. But in Tyler's movies, he's saying it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through in your life. You can do better. There's more in life for you if you step up to the plate and fight for it. That's what I get from this movie. You know, absolutely. And, you know, and I think, you know, and, and of course, I'm not going to put my mind in the mindset of the interviewers. You know, I'm sure they have their own personal views of who Tyler Perry is and what his movies stand for. But just playing devil's advocate, I think that, for one, that may not have seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm almost sure they didn't see the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and for two... They put themselves in the mindset of his plays, mm-hmm. you know, and so they figured, well, the movie has to be just like the play, because, you know, and my belief is what they felt like, or oh, he's only going to make exactly what he did on there, so it's got to be something that's going to make you laugh. It's not going to be a serious movie. It's not going to be one where, you know, he's talking about real issues, you know, and even in 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 the plays where you know where you laugh at Madea. And, you know, she want to shoot you, and she going to beat you up, and she going to bust you in the mouth. You know, but she still, you know, when it when it all boils down to it, there was still a message that she sent out to everybody. And there's a message in what Tyler does. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have to really pay attention. You have to get behind. You know, you got to get past the, you know, the the shield that Muddy puts up. Mm-hmm. Because Muddy is really, she really loves people. Mm-hmm. And she really has a soft heart. She'll put up that, that quick facade of, hey, I'll bust you up and don't play with me and I'll knock you out and I'll let me bust a cap in your behind and <laughs> and everything. But when you look at the what's real issue about Muddy, she was soft as a pillow cushion. Yes. And she would do anything for you. Yes. Yes. You know, and so what I think they did was I think they characterized his movies in the same light as his theatrical plays and they just assumed that oh it's got to be something goofy something that's going to make you laugh just like Madea's you know family reunion da 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 it's going to be something silly and they never really took him serious as a producer a director you know an actor mm-hmm. they just assumed that you know what he was going to do was going to make everybody laugh and it, you know and they didn't take him seriously and so I say boo on them because, you know, clearly he shows with the movie Three, what was it, Three Little Girls? Mm-hmm. I mean, he showed just how serious his movie could be. 
but most people didn't go and see it because they said, oh, another here come another mother of family reunion. It's going to get bad reviews. Don't see it. That was an excellent movie. That movie talked about a man taking care of his own despite all odds. And, you know, and so and, and, and this, when we talk about a black man, this is something very, you know, what, what people want you to think is very rare in society. And so Tyler said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bust that stereotype wide open and show that we do have some black men that can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think, Greg? You think, do you think that, that um, the interviewers and the other folks, the, the naysayers out there, do you think they really actually watched his movie just to see what the movie was about? Or they watched it because they wanted to pick it apart? I, th- I think they watched it to pick it apart. I think, you know, with, with a lot of movies, that's what, that's what they do. But, but for some reason with Tyler's movies, they want to say these movies, oh, these movies are just for the black families and they are the only ones that can relate and this and that. That's not the case. Tyler is saying something that, that's affecting the world, period, the, the entire world. We can't say that what he's saying is just for blacks. It's not. And, you know, you, you've seen the interview that Tyler and Janet had to sit and listen to. I've never seen anyone else sit through an interview like that. I've never seen that. I've never seen anyone uh, be disrespected the way that they were. This man agreed to come on and do an interview, and they all agreed on the questions that were going to be asked, and they went the other way with it. And I think that that's just, that's just they missed the point. They missed the 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 opportunity of touching and asking Tyler questions and getting things out there that someone that haven't seen the movie they'll they'll know. I think they missed the boat on that, and I don't think that they even tried to uh, promote the movie. It, it, at the beginning, I think they were trying to uh, compare the movie with another movie. Am I correct? Yes, yes. They tried to compare it with uh, I can't think of the name of the movie, but they were saying, isn't that movie like this other movie? Mm-hmm. Isn't your movie like that one? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it like, why are you comparing, why are you trying to say his movie is like someone else, as if he plagiarized it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought it was just really in poor taste that, you know, they came on, you know, the, the whole interview was like they were chuckling, like they were almost like as if they were heckling him. Mm-hmm. But he you know, And, it, he and was I, was, very, I yeah. felt offended, you know, by watching it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He was he was very graceful in how he handled it. I, I like the way that he continued talking positive about the movie. He never at any point in the interview went negative. He never did right. that. And I think that guy, whoever the guy was that was interviewing him and asking these questions, I really believe that it it did something to him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm throwing everything at this this woman to distract her to get off of the point of the movie, but. This man is still talking about his movie. He's not being uh, the animal, uh, the the instinct that I want to come out. I want him to do something crazy. I want the two of these people to to sit here and not be professional and say something crazy when it all backfired and you saw who was looking crazy. Right, right. Even in the interview, it was like as if he was getting mad because Tyler Perry wouldn't respond to him. And Tyler Perry, each time, and I love the way he did it, he says, well, in the movie, this is what happened. You know, and he, and it was almost like he was going after Janet. Yes. You know, because he would say, well, Janet, you know, you're wearing suspenders today, you know, is that, is that, is that where it is now? And you could see, I mean, you could even hear him saying, sir, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know? (laughs) As if she was going to have a wardrobe malfunction on the on the interview, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. It was just it was just in such in poor taste, and I personally have never seen anybody short of Howard Stern, you know, be that tasteless in a interview. Yes, yes, and you know what the Bible says: if you resist the devil, he has to flee. Absolutely, and I, and I think he fleed that night, Brian. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know. But when you also look at the results of what he did, unknowingly, while he was trying to tear Tyler down, 
he actually brought more attention to the movie. That's exactly right. Than he than he expected to. That's right. You know, and even when he had to go back and he basically was forced to give an apology because I don't believe that apology was sincere. And even when I heard the apology, I was like, okay, this sounds scripted. Sounds like he sat down and wrote an apology because his boss told him to. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything that was just like genuinely saying, hey, look, I genuinely apologize because I'm truly sorry I said something stupid. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound like that. It sounded like we the people at this station do apologize because we did something that was in very poor taste. You know, I mean, it wasn't genuine. Mm-hmm. And you could tell it wasn't genuine because he only did it as a result of all the mail that he, that the listeners sent in and all the email that crashed their whole computer system. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. had he not done that, had, had the system not been crashed, do you think he would have issued a, an apology? But this is this is a beautiful thing about it all is the people, it showed just how much the people respect and love Tyler. Yes. I still don't uh, agree with the numbers, and it, it doesn't matter how many complaints he got, but they, uh, I mean, the voices of, of the people were heard. And the sad thing about this, Brian, when you go to the movies, it's so sad that you have to look at your ticket yeah. to see if you're going to the right movie. Yeah. Now, if you're not going to the right movie, they're not supposed to let you in the room to see the movie. Am I correct? I know in some movie theaters they'll tell you, uh, we need to see your ticket. You know, I, I'll tell you, it really depends on who the artist or who the director of the movie is. Mm-hmm. Because I can remember in certain movies, they would definitely ask you because you'd buy a movie. You know, you'd buy, say, let's say you were going to see one movie, but you really wanted to see the other, but that one was sold out. They would ask you, can we see your ticket? Mm-hmm. You know, but on the on the flip side, you'd have some movies that weren't doing as well that had to do a certain number or a certain amount of numbers. Mm-hmm. And so they would basically say, give them a ticket for anything. Hmm. Give him a ticket for the other one. Don't don't give this movie, this other movie, any credit. But how does that help the movie theater? The same amount of dollars is being spent on the movie. Uh, if, if if we're going to see the Tyler Perry movie versus going to see another movie, how is the movie theater losing or gaining in giving us the wrong name of the movie? I know overall you don't want you know some people don't want Tyler to get the numbers, or you don't want certain movies to get the numbers, and you need some other movie to have um, higher numbers, but what's the difference in the money? Well, see, you got to remember, too, that the movie theaters get a lot of their revenue from the movie sales. So if you have, like, let's say you have a certain uh, movie company, production company that's saying, hey, if, you're, if my movies do good or if you are promoting my movies well enough in your, you know, or from the promotions that you do for our movies, we get a certain amount of money, then, you know, you're going to get a cut of that. So, of course, they're going to promote the other movies a lot more because you see all the placards up when they have a new movie. They promote it inside the movie theater. Sometimes they have it promoted outside on their, you know, on their billboards and so forth. You know, they have the movie promotions inside. You know, uh, when you go to watch the movie, the movies are promoted there. Mm -hmm. And so... The movie theaters do have a stake in what they promote. Hmm. You know, I don't know how much of a stake, but whatever it is, it's got to be something because otherwise they wouldn't, they wouldn't actively, you know, promote giving other, you know, not letting certain tickets or certain movies get their due credit by well, issuing let, different tickets. Well, let me ask and you. I'm not this. saying they're all doing that, but some right. are. Right, but don't you think it's probably best to? buy your ticket online, that way you don't have that problem at the counter when you go to the movies? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, that way you have it, or you just make sure that you're checking your tickets and make sure that you're looking at the right time for the right movie. Hmm. I was just thinking, when you know, when you do it online, you have to select the movie. And once you pay, I mean, you get your stub there, or you get something there that's showing that that's the movie that you're going to, and I think that that's probably... Uh, a better way of doing it, don't you? Well, you know, that re- that really remains to be seen because you still want to get that paper stub because that says you purchased it for that movie. Because, again, numbers can be-, be manipulated. You know, but if you got the actual paper stud, you can show 
I purchased for this movie. But wouldn't that do? I mean, once you when you do it online, can't you print up whatever it is that you you paid for? But I mean, you you, you put something in there. You right. put it on your credit card. You had to do something. Right. So it's going to show what you're spending your money on. So you could mm-hmm. print that receipt out there. Um, wouldn't that have it on there that you paid to go see Tyler Perry's movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I guess you can use it that way, you know. But again, you got to remember when when you when you put when you put computers in the mix, there's always you know room for you know some unsuspecting hacker or I mean some unsuspecting person that may key it in wrong, may you know plug in the system wrong, it could be a glitch, you know you could lose those particular numbers, you know I mean so there's always there's always you know room for error. Yeah, yeah. Well, know, and I guess that's why, like, if you look at elections, they have they want to have you know computerized ballots, but they also want to have a paper trail mm-hmm. to go with those ballots. So I guess it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you always want to have that that true and actual paper trail to follow it. Yes, I'll I'll say to Tyler, keep making your movies, make them <laughs> turn out as many movies as you can because. It's like people can't get enough. Uh, I've seen where people have gone to see this movie three and four times already. Yes. And they just they just love his movies. I, I love his movies. And like like we said before, his movies, or you know, it's like it's a it's a story. It, it's telling something of somebody's life that somebody's connecting to. And most of the time, you hear people crying. You could hear the effects of of certain scenes in the movies that touch people that have gone through what the the actor or actress is going through in the movie. And, Brian, you know, we've had shows on here where people were raped, and in the movie uh, The Family Reunion, the, 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 the two sisters, one of the sisters were, were molested and raped by her sister's father on that movie, and she was just a little bitty girl. And when she said the part to her mother, I think it was the most profound part, when she told her that she forgave her. I think that was the most uh, powerful statement in the movie when she did that. She told us she she no longer she don't she don't win. You don't win. So when she said I forgive you, she gave that thing to God. She let it go. She let it go, and, and it was like you could see all those years of pain being just lifted off of her shoulders. It was such a beautiful moment, and you could just hear people in there just crying, and it was it was something, man. It was a it was a powerful, powerful moment in the, you know, in that part of the movie. And to say or you or you to have someone go against that and just try to shoot that down. Come on, why? Right. Why? It, it, the movie is it he he doesn't make movies that don't make any sense. All of his movies make great sense. But yet and still, is it because he's a black man or is it because he's doing something popular in the that's helping the black communities? What is it? What's what's the real reason behind the attack on Tyler? You know, it's it's hard to say because you don't really know what their motive was. You know, I think it was just what I believe is they just took him very lightly because of you know because of the Madeer character. They they wanted to keep him trapped in that character. Hmm. You know, they didn't want to they would they they didn't want to see him actually portray himself. Mm-hmm. So when he portrayed himself, they're like, "Wait a minute, what are you doing? How are you portraying yourself? What happened to the the Madeer character? You know, we want to see you cross dressing, and you know, we want to see you with the gun waving and all that stuff. We don't want to see you in a serious role, you know, because you know, sadly, the bulk of our entertainers, especially our African American male entertainers." They don't take us seriously in those serious roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've said before on this, on on our uh, show, it took Halle Berry and Denzel Washington to play basically somebody's, you know, girlfriend, prostitute, whatever you want to call her. You know, where she had to, you know, to to basically sex this man, old man, in order to win an Oscar. You know, or it took him playing a rogue cop, you know, that's that's selling dope to the Russian mafia and all that stuff for him to get an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And then they decided we got to start taking people seriously. Yes. You know, I mean, even the roles that that our other actors play, 
you know, you have Jamie Foxx who won an Oscar, but it, it it took him to play a role of of Ray Charles, you know. So they don't they'll take us seriously in in movies where we play thugs and entertainers, mm-hmm. but play a serious role, and it's almost like wow, we can't. I don't know about that one. <laughs> you know, what about Will Smith for an Oscar in in the role that he played? Mm-hmm. You know, now that was an Oscar performance, in my opinion. You know, Will Will is Will is a very talented brother now. He, yes, sir. He, he's doing some beautiful things too. But I just love the way Tyler handles himself in front of all of his critics. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a quiet person. He's not outspoken. He, but he'll say what he needs to say. He'll get to the point. He'll leave it on, and that's that. So when people try to attack him, he's so, he's so graceful in the way that he handles the media and the way that he's handling all of the critics. It's almost as if they're saying, we can't touch this guy. So, right. Brian, you know, do you think God has his hedges around, around Tyler as Tyler walked through all of this and everybody's coming at him, but God is saying, okay, you can say some things, but it's not going to work? Well, I think you saw the result of God's presence by, you know, clearly by the number of, of letters of, of love and response that he received, you know, I mean, if you go out on Tyler's message board, <laughs> it's it's always packed. Yes. So I'm he's getting now. a lot of love from the people. Yes, I'm there now. You know, and and so I, I think you can see it's evident. I mean, if anybody knows about Tyler's story, you know, just less than 10 years ago, he was homeless. Yeah. And walking around, you know, without a job, but he had an idea for a play. And nobody would give him a break. And so he finally said, I'm just going to do it on my own. And he put it together and, and you know, look at the fruit of his labors now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing million, two million, three million dollars in movies. He's got a place to live, a very nice place to live, by the way, you know. <laughs> he's been truly blessed. Yes, he has. But you know what the thing about that, Brian? He didn't stop. A lot of us, we have dreams, we have goals that we want to achieve. But for some reason, when the enemy hit, we stopped. Tyler didn't stop. He may have stopped at one point, but he kept going. He kept pushing. He kept going. And that's what I think Tyler is saying to the world. No matter what you're in, no matter what situation you're in right now, you can come out of that situation. If you change your way of thinking, if you would look up to God, he'll bring you out of this. And don't just sit there and wallow in it. Continue pushing. People are going to close doors in your face. True enough, we, that happens every day. But we're going to have to start looking at those other doors that are opening because of that one door that's closing. And that's so important. And I'm telling you, if you just read Tyler's emails, if you haven't gone to his message board and signed up, you need to do that because Tyler will send out messages just letting you know what he's doing. Sometimes he'll send something out. He's on his jet flying somewhere. Or he's in his hotel room, and when he's writing writing those emails, when you read them, it's as if you're on the plane with him, and it's almost like you're inside the hotel room, and you're living this all the way up until the movie, and then when the movie comes out, it's like you're right there on the red carpet with him. Yeah. So you can't tell me that's not God doing this. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think it's the remarkable thing about him is that he opens himself up to the people who listen to him and the people who watch him. Yes. He really brings you in. You know how some actresses and some actors can be very cold and callous yes. when yes. you see them out live or when you see them in a restaurant and, you know, you hey, that's such and such. I want to meet you. Hey, can I get your autograph? And they're like, no, go away. Security, you know, get this creep away from me, that type of thing. Tyler's not like that. No. I mean, he'll he'll sit down and he'll take his time and he'll greet everybody. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and from people that I know who personally met him, they're they're like, man, he's much cooler in person than you yeah. than you yeah. think. Yeah. You know, because and and I truly believe it's because he knows where he came from, mm-hmm. and he knows he's literally could be one step away from going back to that if he deviated from his path. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's that's a that's a good lesson that everybody really need to grab hold of is that, you know, don't think because you've blown up 
that you can't be popped. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes. And so, do what you do. Keep doing what you did, so you so the air can stay in. That's right. You know what, Brian? It's so crazy, Brian, that that Tyler will go to his own movies and sit in the theater and watch them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he's uh, probably disguised some type of way that he when he go in there. I'm sure he don't just walk in there and watch the movies. But that that's a beautiful thing because. He wants to know the people's reaction. He wants to know what in this movie. What was? What did you get out of this movie? What What can I help you with? That's what. That's basically what he's asking. What else can I do to make my movies for you? What else right. can I do to help you? Uh, struggling America with marriages because the divorce rate right now is so high. You have so many people out there, so many women that are saying now they've changed their mind. Ah, uh, marriage? No, nah, that won't work for me. I can't I can't do that. Guys are saying the same thing. But then again, you have some women out there that really want to be married. You have guys out there that want to be married, but they're just confused. They're really confused. And I think this movie here is putting everything in the right place so that people that uh, go go see the movie, they can see both sides of it and say, you know what, we could do this. We can have this dream. I can, we can live this dream together. We can we can grow up together. So I think it's a beautiful thing, Brian. I just, I just really do. I really think what Tyler's doing is so special. I don't think anybody else has pretty much touched on what he's doing at this point. Yes, I, I agree. You know, Greg, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about the Genesis. All righty. You know, for those that don't know about the controversy behind the Genesis, Six, it's all, it all is surrounded by, well, not surrounded by, how, how do I want to say that? It, it's in, it, what's involved in the case is that you have six black youth that were tried for crimes that were, you know, basically overcharged for some crimes that they allegedly committed, you know, and it was all born out of, you know, a fight that, you know, had been born out of, you know, some racist issues that had been going on with a bunch of high school kids. You know, you had kids in, in Louisiana, you know, the white kids fighting the black kids and black kids fighting the white kids. And, you know, the black kids were charged, you know, with attempted murder and, you know, all these huge, you know, penalties for basically like a fight, you know. And the white children weren't charged at all. You know, and some of the charges that were just outrageous, and they had, you know, they had a bunch of trumped up charges and so forth, and it just showed that the, the huge disparity that the, you know, the district attorney that was involved had shown. Hmm. You know, he basically said these white kids were innocent and the black kids were all guilty. Let's throw the key away. And you know, we've talked about this in the past, and you know, I, I believe that that's not something that just happened randomly. Mm-hmm. I think that's happened just about in every, you know, major city or a small town in America, where you've had one one side being treated differently because of their color. Right. You know, and so when people see the issues surrounding the Genesis Six, they get all excited and, oh my God, what happened? I can't believe this is happening. You know, and you know, on the other side, they'll say, well, we're not that kind of town. We're not that kind of people. We love everybody, you know. And they don't realize that, you know. They don't. They don't see the racism because they're not personally affected by it, right? You know. And so, I mean, what's your take on the genocide? Do you think that these children should have been tried like that? Do you think they should have been tried at all? Well, I think a lot of this could have been stopped at the very beginning by. Adults not getting into children's mess. <laughs> hmm. This, this, first of all, they should have cut the tree down. For one, I think they should have cut the tree down. That's where a lot of the mess started, and they should have called the kids in when it first got out of hand and took care of it right then. Again, I think this could have been taken care of over a cup of coffee, but because of hate. It blossomed into something greater than what it really was, and now, now that it's out in the open, you have people reeling back. Well, no, we didn't do this, but now that the the, the entire world is watching, 
okay, we're going to have to make sure that we send a message here that you can't get away with treating white people this way or you can't get away uh, for letting blacks treat or jump on black or jump on whites or do this or whatever. But whatever the case is, you know, it's 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 all out of hate. There's no love in that. It's all it's, all of this is none out of hate. That's what that's what I think. That's what I've been watching, and you can't tell me it's not hate. How you know, Greg, I watched um, a couple of the series that have been showing surrounding the case as well, and they actually had a a, high, a school assembly after the I believe it was the second fight. Where the where the um, I think it was one of the children, Michael Bell, was initially charged, mm-hmm. and he was charged with aggravated assault and gun theft, you know, theft of a firearm, in a case where he and two other individuals had taken the, a shotgun from one of the high school kids because he pulled it on them at a gas station, and they basically wrestled the gun away from him so that he couldn't shoot anybody. Mm-hmm. And then they gave the gun to the authorities, and the authorities, in turn, arrested them for aggravated assault and gun theft. Mm-hmm. And so after that, they had a, a school assembly. No, I think actually it was before that. They had a school assembly because someone had firebombed the main school building. And they had a, had this assembly, and the district attorney came by and said, we can make you disappear. And he was pointing at the black students. He wasn't addressing the white students. He was addressing the black students, saying, we can make you disappear. Mm. So what does that say? When you have a, a, a town that's 90% white, 10% black, you have a white DA that comes up and says, we can make you disappear. You have a white school principal who has this assembly under the guise that he's trying to restore order amongst the students. And what he does is actually cause more furor because now the students are really ticked off because now you have this man telling them because of something that someone else started with them and they're defending themselves and now they're saying, well, we can be just as aggressive as you can and they're fighting back. Now you have this guy coming in saying, we can make you disappear. So now you have to be even more ferocious because you're saying, wait a minute, he's going to make me disappear? He ain't going to make me disappear. You see what I mean? But, you know, when you really look at it, we're talking about children. Yes, yes. You know, we're talking about children. And children, you know, sadly, are not always going to make the smart decisions. They're not always going to make the right decisions. That's why we as adults have to lead them in the direction that we want to see them go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like when you put a carrot in front of the donkey so he can, you know, so you can make him walk. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that. Yes, yes. You know what, Brian, it's it's it, it is so crazy. I, I again, this it, it could have been stopped at the beginning, but no, they wanted to take it further and now it's to the point that it's just out of hand right now. And you could see the racism all written all over the wall. And, and like you said, when they went in with the cameras, everybody in the town said, oh, this is our town. It's not like this. How can it not be like that? It's happening. And I'm sure once they go in and they start investigating a, a lot of other cases that, that have happened, they're going to see the same thing. Absolutely. But yet and still, oh, our city, our, this is our town. We're not like this. You know, the thing that was just so appalling about this all is that in the case with the uh, with the youth that was tried as an adult, when they had to go back and retry that case, they gave him the maximum that they could give him under the youth guidelines. You know, they didn't even, they didn't budge. They said, oh. We're going to try him. We're going to give him the maximum. Well, whatever happened to the white kids that got in a fight with the black kids before all of this happened? Nothing. Haven't been charged. Well, what happened with the kids that had the gun, the shotgun? Haven't been that... charged. But these He reported white... his gun stolen. But whatever happened, did they ever find out who hung the noose up in the tree? Nope. 
I, you know what? I, I'll take that back. I think those children might have been suspended for three days or something like that. Oh, okay. But you see, what should have happened, if they were really serious about improving race relations, especially among their youth, when the school was firebombed, it should not have been a school meeting where we meet with the students and you have this one person come in and talk to all the black kids. What should have happened is they should have had a town hall meeting and they invite everyone to truly start a real dialogue and then bring someone in from the outside as a mediator. That's if they really wanted to solve some problems. But you can see that Jenna, Louisiana, really wasn't prepared for the firestorm that they ca- that was caused. Hmm. They weren't prepared for it because now you have people saying, "Well, we didn't. Ha- we we're a nice town and we love black people," and that sounds so cliche because that's what you always hear when you have something go down like that. You know, some of them say it out of you know, and they're genuine with it. And some of them say it's simply out of fear because if they come out and say what they truly think, they feel like somebody's going to bash them. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the, the politically correct thing to say is, we love black people. We'll never hurt them. They're our brothers and our sisters. But why weren't you saying that? Why weren't you marching with the other marchers? You know, why did you choose not to go and march? Because more than likely you knew that if your brother or your sister or your mom or your aunt and your grandpa saw you walking with those black people, they would be saying, what are you doing? Mm. You know I didn't raise you like that. You see, so there there is a hidden racism, and now that it's reared its ugly head, everybody wants to cry and say, we're not like that. You know, the truth behind it is if you weren't like that, <laughs> then why are these kids like that? Because they couldn't have just learned it on, you know, MySpace. Right. They had to learn it from home. That's you know, that's the Bible true. says train up a child in the way they should go. So if that's the way that you wanted to go, it's only because you trained them that way. Mm. But, you know, I, I I tell you, Brian, let's switch gears. Let's go to the Martin Lee Anderson situation. Mm-hmm. Martin was, how old was Martin, 14? He was 14. He was only in the boot camp for how long? I think one or two days? One day. One day. It was his first day there. One day. And uh, he was told to run, and uh, I think he got tired, and he couldn't run anymore, and um, he refused to run, and that's when some things, some ugly things happened. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the tape is all over the, the world right now. Everybody's seen it. And the people that did this to him were all acquitted. They all got off. And now there's a serious, serious uproar going on right now. I don't know what it, I don't know where we are right now. I know, I think it's, um, the U.S. Attorney just got involved and said, I think that we're going to investigate to see if his civil rights were, were violated. Yeah. But, Brian, what do you think about the entire thing? You know, from what I, from what I know about the case, it's a whole lot larger than what they want to put out there. Mm-hmm. You see, when you look at it from both sides, on the side of the parents, and you know, and I'm not saying this in a demeaning way, but you know, the parents they take some responsibility in this only because they should have done a better job so that he didn't have to go to into that situation. You know, and, and and that's all I'll say about that because that still doesn't give them the right to murder a child. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, when you also look at it, the reason he went into the boot camp is because his mother didn't want him to go into uh, juvenile. You know, they're going to put him in the juvenile system. She preferred him to go into the boot camp because she didn't want him in basically in juvie jail. Mm-hmm. That's why the case basically that's that was the that was part of the reason why they lost the civil trial because they said well he had an undisclosed sickle cell trait and so she didn't disclose his medical condition if they would if they would have disclosed his medical condition 
then he may have not made it into the boot camp. That still is a moot point in my view. Mm-hmm. Because that still does not give you the right to knee a child, to beat a child. If this child is tired and this child is worn out, why would you go in and then proceed to jump on his back and, you know, and stomp him down and hold him down and then when he's unresponsive, you stiff, you know, stick a bunch of things up his nose to try to make him, you know, to try to snap him back in. You know, I don't understand that. You know, to me, that's just, that 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 kind of shocked me when I found out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? They put something in his nose? I think it was the ammonia, whatever it is they, they, they had, the ammonia tablets or whatever it is that they said his nose was stuffed up in. And one of the, I think the first person that did the autopsy said that he died from the sickle trait. Yes. I never heard of that, but... <laughs> When you when someone is beating someone and they die of a sickle cell trait, that that's a new one on me. But they but then they did fly in a new person to come in and do it, and they said that he died from suffocation. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Hmm. How do you go from sickle cell trait to suffocation? Well, what they said was he died because his because of his sickle cell trait that he. You know, sickle cell trait. You know, one of the common symptoms is that you can't your your blood cells can't hold oxygen mm-hmm. as you know as much oxygen as they need, so that you get tired faster. Mm-hmm. And that's what he, that's what happened to him. But that still doesn't justify them putting a knee in his back and kicking and punching him while he's on the ground because he couldn't move anymore. So, Brian, with with the the people that did this to him, they're being acquitted by the people. Do you think they've been acquitted by God? Well, you know, God always has the final say. You know, and so what I'll say is if they're guilty, which if you look at the video evidence, they look pretty guilty to me, mm-hmm. then, you know, God will be the final judge from that. You know, I want to ask this question. Now, we've seen the videotapes of the, the Martin Lee Anderson being beat down and, and dying from it or being killed from it. We've seen police officers shoot a guy in New York City, I don't know how many times, uh, but we see all of this going on. Have you ever seen this happen to a white person? <laughs> no, no I'm just, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just asking the question because I've never seen it. Is it is it because it's never happened, or is it because is the media just choose not to show it, or what is it? You know, to be honest, I don't have a clue. I could speculate and say maybe it has happened to white people, and if you if you think about it, the amount of you know blacks only make up a certain amount of people. You know, I think it's what. 25, 24, 25 percent of the population. No, I think it's less than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's about maybe 10, 15 percent of the population of the U.S. population. Mm-hmm. But we account for heck, just about all the crime. You know, and and you know that's what they want you to believe. You know, but if you look at something like pre-trial release, <laughs> pre-trial release mostly goes to. You know, non-African American, non-Hispanic. Hmm. You know, it's very rare that you get a pretrial release. Very rare. What is it? What is it about? What is it about the black race that, for some reason, we are the most feared? Why is it that people fear us more than anybody else? Is it the physical thing, or is it the mental side of us that they fear? What? You know, what? What it, is it? You know, I, I think it's, I really think it's more the mental side. See, because, I mean, there's, you know, just if you look at the physical sense, you know, I've seen, you know, white men that are just as big and strong as black men, and I've seen Hispanic men and Asian men that are just as big and strong as black men. So, you know, and the same thing with women. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, I don't think they physically Fear us. 
I think the fear is more mentally because in the back of their mind they're saying, my forefathers did them real wrong. Or my daddy said that black people were none but thieves and robbers. Or I remember when I was young that I used to pick on black people. And, you know, you know, it's something that's a mental thing. I mean, it's almost like when you look at black people, what are the thing, what is the one thing black folks don't really fool with? Police. <laughs> Authority. Uh. <laughs> you see? Because what have you always known? When you see the police, something bad didn't happen. You never look at the police as them being a serve, you know, as being the people who serve and protect us. You know, what we all what say serve and protect and break your neck. You know, <laughs> you know that's what we looked at the police as. You know, my brother's a police officer. I have an aunt that's a police officer. Mm-hmm. My sister has worked in law enforcement. You know, so I have family members that are that have worked in law enforcement. You know, I have couple of good friends of mine that are in law enforcement. You know, my children's godfathers in law enforcement. So I've never had this this quote unquote fear of law enforcement as an adult. But I've all but I've always had that thing in the back of my mind is saying, I remember what I saw when I was little and it wasn't nothing good when it came to police, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what you have when you have you know, white people who just fear black people because they're black. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember when I was at, at one of my jobs, um, there was this one lady that every time I walked in the room, she would be startled. And I would always laugh because I'd say, I know why she got scared. She saw this big black man walk in the room, you know. And so one time, a lady said that. Why are you jumping? Because Brian walked in, he's big old black guy walking in the room. And she was so embarrassed by that because it was true. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I scared her one day, <laughs> you know. And so I, I think that's really, um, I, I think that's really what, what they're going through. You know, they're, they're looking at, hey, I did this wrong. And these people, you know, they're looking at us. They probably want to kill us because I know if it was me, and they did my forefathers like that. I want to kill them, mm. you know. And so they they misunderstand, you know, the heart of black people, you know. And then again, you do have some black people who who feel like that that they do want to hurt some white people because of what their forefathers did, and and they don't understand that that's the past. And if they live in the past, they'll never have any hope for the future. Right. That's true. Let's go back to Tyler. Um, Mm-hmm. Brian in this movie We want everybody to go out and see it we, we, we encourage every family To go out and see it Anyone that's having any doubt about marriage Or whatever Go see the movie The movie is it's a brilliant and wonderfully written movie The the people that he's got in the movies Are the best people that he could have um, it, You know I, I don't know what else we can say about this movie Brian We, we You know Some people have gone and see it And some of them said it's the best movie they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Now, that's saying a lot. And we're going to see what type of reviews he's going to get. We're going to see what type of awards are given uh, from this movie. Now, man may not give him the reward, but God is going to bless him for sowing the seeds that Tyler is sowing right now. Tyler went against everything that was told to him. I believe that Hollywood told him, well, we can do the movie. No, no. I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. I want to do it the way that God gave it to me. So it's a beautiful thing to see where this man has come from. Miracles happen every day. You're looking at one when you look at Tyler. Mm-hmm. You can get up. This man was homeless at one point. And look where he is now. We need to try to find out what it is that he's doing. We need to find out. What in the world did Tyler do to come out of what he came out of? And that should give somebody hope that's just hanging on, thinking about committing suicide because of being foreclosed on or or something going on. But, Brian, we know the first foreclosure happened where? In the garden. (laughs) Adam and Eve were what? They were throughout it. God foreclosed on them. Yes, sir. You know, we've heard of dysfunctional families. That happens everywhere. But we have to pick up the pieces and move forward. 
and continue trying to be just what God just who God created us to be. And that's where I am right now. I'm trying to do that every single second of my life, Brian. That's what I'm trying to do. And I can tell you it's not an easy thing. No one said it would be. God never said that it would be. But you have to look forward. Just stay focused on looking forward and seeking God. and Everything else will be added unto you, I guarantee you. And that's that's what's happening right now. What do you, Brian, what do you see when you see Tyler Perry come on television, on his interviews with Oprah, or when you see him on television in, you know, in his mansion, or, or you see him talking and people are just loving him? What do you see in Tyler when you see that? Two things. The first thing I see is confidence. Mm-hmm. I can say that he's truly confident in his abilities you know, and and what he has to do. You know, he's truly confident. That's what I see from him. The other thing that I see is that he's hungry. Yes. You know, he has a hunger for what he's doing. You know, it's not that he's just sitting on his laurels and say, hey, I'm going to do another mo- my dear movie or another my dear this or mother my dear that. He's evolved himself completely out of the Madeir character. Hmm. You know, and that's what most people they when they when they look at wait a minute, he's got House of Pain and you know, that's ha ha laughter and you know, what what is he trying to do? Why is he trying to do a, a serious movie for? He need to stick to comedy. <laughs> you know? It was almost the same thing that they did with Jamie Foxx when Jamie Foxx actually did a serious role they were like, wait a minute. What is he trying to do serious role for? He a comedian. You know, or he can sing good. Let him just continue singing and dancing and shucking and jiving, and then we're all good. But he comes out and does a serious role, and, you know, he spins everybody's head around. You know? And so I think that's the same thing with Tyler Perry. He's, he's begun that head spin again. Yeah. Tyler, you know, Tyler, Tyler is doing some things that people that you never thought would change their lives. They're doing that. God is using him in a mighty, mighty way. But you know what, Brian, with all of this that Tyler is doing, you better believe there is a price for it. You better believe that Tyler is paying a price for it. And, the, and that price, we'll probably never know. He'll probably never let anybody know. But the, I, it, it is such a heavy price. But you know what? God says when he gives you a lot, much is required from that. So Tyler is taking his job very seriously. And he's going out and he's doing some wonderful, wonderful things. And he's giving jobs to people that Hollywood and no one else ever thought to give them that opportunity. He's speaking to people that, that their self-esteem may have been low. Now he's connecting with those people, and they're coming out of that. They have the opportunity now to see themselves on the screen. How awesome is that? <laughs> you're watching a movie, and you're seeing people play the parts of your life? Come on. How in the world is that possible? That's only God doing that. That's God doing his work. And I love the fact that Tyler is working his faith. You can't sit still. You have to move. You have to keep going. This world is spinning. Spinning is moving. It's not designed for us to stop. Brian, if you ever notice, when we stop going after our dreams and our goals, what's the first thing that happens? We get depressed. That's because we stop. You're not designed to stop. You're designed to continue doing things, moving, doing something, because if you don't, then things are going to move around you. And you can't accept, a lot of people can't accept that. So, Brian, what's your last thoughts and what, what would you say to the people out there now that's going through something and they say, you know what, if Tyler Perry did that, I can do it too. I would say if that's what you believe, then go with it. Yeah. You know, you can't ever let anybody persuade you that you can't do something. If it's, if it's something that's positive and it's something that you're supposed to be doing, then by all means, do it. You can do it. Yeah. You know, we have people who believe they're called to the ministry. We have people that believe that they're supposed to be president of the United States. 
We have folks that believe that they're supposed to be running the Fortune 500 company. We have people who believe they're supposed to be top name entertainers. If that's what you believe, then do it. You will be defined by your belief. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you and God bless. Good night.